figure out what in the world oh, where'd johnny go there he is hi yeah. hey um welcome to the show everybody um you know this has been another one of those weeks i you know um we we went back and forth like first of all the where were you during the facebook fail at uh, wh- which by the way which one there was also another one yesterday oh i missed that hours. one i did too because i think a lot of people went i need a hobby yeah um, i was a I was actually kind of busy, and by the end of it, I'm. I didn't I notice like, it at all. I think I'll be okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't. I mean, I, I. Uh, the only time I ever notice those is when they happen while I'm trying to stream. When I do my okay. my daily live stream, and um, or I try to go online to do something, and I'll notice that one of the sites is down. It's just right. gone away for a time, and it's a very strange experience. Um, for me, the the the. The trick for social media is is that I just take any outage as a sign from the gods that I need to go work on some things. It's time Yeah, to, a little less screen time. It's time to tidy. It's time yeah. it's time to buy some or in my case if you have them all over the place, get some cable wraps and go to town. <laughs> start start cleaning, you know, go and get into your desk and start wrapping the wires together so the cats don't uh, play with them and yeah, sort out the whole neighborhood. Is, you just reminded me mine is a mess. Yeah, I know. It's 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 brutal uh, in and of itself just as a like it's one of those parts of my brain that always haunts me like these wires could be better organized. Oh wait, they're bane of my existence. <laughs> yeah. I, if I oh, I hate that. If I yeah, when I die I want to come back as uh as Nikola Tesla's pigeon who who he whispered the secret of wireless energy to. Um that obviously we've been following over the last week the progress or lack thereof or vacillating progress of the infrastructure bill and the um the reconciliation bill. Um, called the Build Back Better bill by the um by the Biden administration because there can't be enough bees in the world, and called the <laughs> no. Families First bill by some of the folks in the chat room that are very smart and have started referring to that as the it's as the Families First bill, which is not a you know not a bad idea. I like it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it covers a lot of things, and you would think like, well, climate change is that in the family's own things. Well, no families exist without oxygen so sure and uh, that would be the if if you you don't have water most families fail you know they divorce mostly over money and they die over lack of oxygen food or water so yeah you can see you can see that that would be a logical way to go and for a while do your research look at the numbers it's all true that's right once uh we've um you know we've been waiting with bated breath for Kristen Cinema to come up with something in terms of what she is willing to vote for or on or around in terms of the infrastructure bill or in terms of the, the reconciliation bill. And we may ha- have started to get some inklings. We may have, and, and, and you won't be surprised that it didn't happen because someone followed her into the can and had her yell out her, like, just uh, before you flush, just give me a couple of key points you'd be okay with or that you want to fix on. Um, none of that uh, seemingly worked and made her more Ooh, intransigent yeah. about this. Um, the news story that is going around is that Kristen Cinema wants 
quote, hundreds of billions of dollars taken from climate change in the bill. Now, um, taken from right. Uh, the current bill being 3.5 trillion and going to uh, somewhere in the order of one seven to, to two is the number we're hearing the most right now is I think the Biden administration would love for a solid just two on the nose. Then they could have passed, wait for it, $3.5 trillion in stuff, including the $1.5 trillion infrastructure bill, $2 trillion for the Build Back Better Act, $3.5 trillion in total. And in the dustbin of history in about five years' time, people won't remember which was spent on what because those numbers will have officially become law. That's part of the the branding exercise that I think we're seeing here. But the... $3.5 trillion bill paring down to $2 trillion, <clears throat> I got news for you. Uh, there's going to be hundreds of billions of dollars paired out of everything. That's how you get from 3.5 to 2 in the trillions. So that's just going to be part of the whole game. You're, you know, everybody is going to see a diminishment of, of those, you know, of, of that level in terms of this bill. So if, you know, if people want to get on her for somehow, you know, that she wants those funds out, it's it's not going to be any different from any other pairing that comes down. The question is, is what does she want to um, to go after? And one of them is the Green Investment Bank. It's a, I think, a hundred billion dollar seed, which is bigger than the infrastructure bank seed, as far as I know, in the in the first bill, if it's maintained at fifty. And it is it is simply you know another it's basically an exagger another version of the green uh, of an infrastructure bank around you know charging stations and and the like uh, throughout the country and trying to expand that that base. Um, it would obviously be stuff that would occur under the regular infrastructure bank, so it's kind of a double dip in some ways, like hoping they can get extra funding for it so they have discretionary room to do this. And the idea is that this this bank in particular, the one in the Build Back Better Act, would focus on building charging stations in uh, underprivileged communities and, and the like. Um, the issue, obvi- obviously, everybody has is that the number of electric cars in those areas is is going to is going to follow the rest of the country by a lot and those con- those charging stations will sort of appear organically over time is the theory and double do- uh, dipping like giving 100 billion to that and 50 billion to the original infrastructure bank seems a little off kilter in that regard so we shall see what we shall see but at least there's movement right at least you've got some semblance of, of an idea that um, they can come to the table, she could vote for it. And and the, the majority of the changes that she's talking about are Manchin's ideas. Um, that that Manchin is the, is the primary in the negotiations of what's possible in these, you know, in particularly these two states where it will be, um, you know, difficult to get reelected in their minds if they go all in on the 3.5. It won't in New York. It will not in AOC's district. There is no number too big. In a lot of other districts, especially house districts that the the Democrats are going to have to fight for, there there's a lot of districts where 
we, you know, we won some purplish district and we lost a few more of those. So we're fighting on on in that on those margins over the next two cycles. And that's where the and and Manchin seems to be the primary negotiator and keeping it within the the zone of this really helps, but they're not bearing us on the expense uh, in in ads. That seems to be um uh <clears throat> let's see um beg your pardon okay Chicago we'll we'll work on that uh, in a second. I will do my best uh, to try and make that happen. Um, in terms of um, you know, what we're going to watch for over the next couple of weeks and, and the bill itself coming due. And then, of course, the fact that you had 11 Republicans this week vote to end the filibuster so that a vote could go through on raising the debt ceiling, basically so That's that they could, they could blame Democrats for raising the debt ceiling, even though it's on debt accrued by the Trump administration. Yeah. Which is always... such. Uh, it, they have to... First of all, they all know this, and they all have to pretend they don't. Yep. It's the most curious. I I don't know how. I I mean, we all know they they've got a m- the main root baseline group of you know the uh, the Republicans, the current Republican Party is the anti-vaxer. The election was stolen. You know, uh, permanent Trumpistan folks. Um, Afghanistan is the 51st state nonsense. And if you're, if that's who you're selling it to, then I guess you can count on the idea that they don't know that or that they will pretend not to know that the next time the election comes around. Um, I don't necessarily buy it because it's, it's not one of those really hidden things. We all know that the debt ceiling is raised when it is raised to pay the interest on the accrued debt of the last few years since it was done. This is this is always why it's done. We've had so many conversations about this, and the Republicans think that they can choke off growth by you know and and stop Democrats from doing the stuff they were elected to do by Nothing. yeah by by basically just shutting down their ability to borrow money in this in this situation, which is not the case. These are unrelated. Currently, according to like the 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 budget office. The, um, the Moody's, everybody, the Build Back Better Act pays for itself. And the and any areas where it would expand, it, it, where its cost would overrun the, uh, the taxes that it would bring in are marginal at best and would be swamped by the investment that they create. We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Park Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPD Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Yep. <laughs> Attention, attention, stop what you're doing. Because we're coming back to the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Oh my God! They went a little crazy with it, and I appreciate it. Now let's get back to Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. We are back, and uh, and I and we we can hear Chicago. It's fantastic. And things are actually working. It's crazy. Um, right now, um, the current state of COVID in the United States is we've got a twenty percent decline in the fourteen day uh, change in the United States overall. Cases are going down. Deaths are down fourteen percent, which is good. Um, the you know the 
the signs are improving as vaccinations uh, increase um, and as the number of people who survived getting it in the first place, you know, that intermingling, those two groups of people become the dominant group of humans in the country, then we can hope to get a handle on this. It's inevitable. Yeah, well, (laughs) sort of, Um, you know, until, you know, and the, you know, the question is always, you know, is there, are there lingering effects of having it that, um, that kind of, that make it important to get vaccinated um, as opposed to counting on your, you know, your regular immunity or the like this. I mean, cause we've heard stories of people, you know, homeschooler lunatics who want to have measles parties and craziness like that. And, this would be a terrible thing to play with when you find out that, yeah, you know, you had it and it was no big deal. Ten years later, however, um, it comes back like a form of shingles and yeah. in, inside your lungs, which is a frightening notion. But currently, um, they, you know, the, we are on a downward trend. The 14-day change is 20% lower, which is a significant turn. 14% as far as new deaths. Um, the world over, um, those numbers are going down as well. The average 14-day change has gone down 17%. Deaths have gone down 16%. Um, higher worldwide even than here, which is a good sign. Now, we don't get all the, you know, I, I wouldn't trust all the information that we're getting right now. But still, um, you know, fingers crossed, we'll start, you know, things will improve slowly over time, you know, um, and a, a sense of, of normalcy and logic will, will, and, and calmness might, might, yeah. might take that's, hold. That's always the gamble. It, hoping it, that that yeah. will actually stick. Well, and, you know, and, and the big story this week, of course, is the FBI and the DOJ looking into parents that are, and by the way, alleged parents, let's just be abundantly clear, that are threatening school board members and uh, teachers and the like over um, mask mandates and vaccine mandates when they, <clears throat> when they come around. And the right is turning in this into, well, the, the Biden administration is weaponizing the DOJ and the FBI against parents who just want freedom for their kids. N- no. No, you can. No, parents you can, are threatening violence yes, against public uh, servants. Yeah, everybody, like pr- against anyone. You, you just, you do not have a right to do that, and it's bizarre that they would think so because they're not looking into everybody. They're not looking. It's not thought police. They don't care if you're loud at these meetings. They don't care if you're, you know, if. You wear like an outlandish shirt or you're, you know, like a, a bigoted moron, quite frankly. It's when you walk up to a teacher's driver's side uh, window in their car and go, we know where you live um, yeah. and we're coming to get you. That's that's a terroristic threat. It's very, very clear. And that would apply to any circumstance. And I don't know if anybody would want um, the DOJ and the FBI to just let that kind of stuff slide all the time in every other context. Um, well, if right, was- and you're talking about every other context. These are the same people who are uh, forging vaccination cards, which are right. government documents. Exactly. What other kind of government documents are you okay with people forging? Sure, absolutely. Like citizenship? 
What? Appar- yeah, right. Apparently that's a panic, right? Um, and, and then, of course, we have, you know, we don't touch on international news quite as frequently as I'd like on the show. Um, but the incursions by the Chinese military into Taiwanese airspace is, you know, has been ratcheted up over the last uh, couple of weeks. They've had 146 airplanes, uh, fighter jets and bombers. Um, and many times the same planes going through several times, but flying through a corner of Taiwan's airspace is a, as sort of an incendiary push, um, to, you know, and which Taiwan is taking as a warning. The U S and the UK now have, uh, warships off of the coast of Taiwan. We have, uh, since Biden got into office, we have sent, um, uh, uh warships through the Taiwan Strait eight times, Meaning we have sailed a boat between Taiwan and China um, eight times this year. Um, Marines are currently on the ground in Taiwan training troops. Hmm. Uh, I would argue uh, watch out for more of that to occur so that if China wanted to attack, they would risk harming U.S. troops, which is a huge ratchet up and a semi-permanent uh, installment of, uh, you know, installation of, of U.S. soldiers there um, may become the norm for a time. Also, the AUKUS agreement that, uh, you know, the U.S. and the U.K. and Australia signed to give Australia nuclear-powered submarine technology, um, a, a, a technology we have only given, as the United States have only given to the U.K. before, pairing together, and in about five years, they will be producing their own uh, nuclear-powered submarines in Australia, built themselves using our technology. Until that time, and this is the crucial part. Then they're going to come take over. That's right. Then we're going to, yes, then we're going to seize Australia and um, and not just go over there and, and show them what a real knife looks like and just, and just knock all the shrimp right <laughs> off the bar. real knife. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a knife. There's a knife, man. Um, and uh, yeah. No, there we're until that time we will be parking our uh, nuclear subs in two ports in on the northern northeastern part of Australia, closest to China, and uh, and specifically in a port that China was attempting to lease, and that lease has now been shut down for national security reasons. So there is a lot of there there in what's happening in the U.S. You know. Taiwan relationship and the, you know, the sort of unification push that Xi Jinping is doing right now. And um, currently the, the Chinese, like they've ratcheted down. I think this is partly due to the fact that we put Marines on the beach there. They've ratcheted down some of their talk. Um, and the, 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 the someone uh, there was a uh, executive I have to find out who it was a uh, former secretary uh, former assistant secretary of state a guy named Danny Russell said there's very little insulation left on the wire in this relationship between the U.S. Mm. and 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 China over Taiwan and it wouldn't take a lot to spark a fire and so that's there's a, a genuine nervousness about how serious China feels you know whether if they don't do it now when would they do it. And it may, the time is, may have already passed. We may have already entered into another cycle of kind of standoff in terms of this. But um, there was a 
Um, yeah, here's this Evan Maderos, who served as Obama's National Security Council, said the Taiwan issue has ceased to be part of a narrow boutique issue and has become a, a central theater, if not the central drama in U.S.-China strategic competition. Um, uh, Xi Jinping said Saturday that uh, Taiwan independence was a grave lurking threat to national rejuvenation. Nobody should underestimate the staunch determination, firm will, and powerful ability of the Chinese people to defend national sovereignty and territorial integrity. He's being very Trumpy these days. He's using the Chinese equivalent of big Trumpy words about this stuff. And um, uh, Biden, who had met with him, you know, when he was vice president, um, later said, you know, had, had said at the time uh, that his, you know, his dad said, uh, Joey, the the only thing worse than a war is a is an accidental war, a war you didn't want to have happen. Um, Would you like to play a game? Yeah, exactly. The only way to win is not to play. So this is a, you know, this is one of those things to keep an eye on. And and the interesting thing is there is a lot going on behind the scenes about this currently. Um, that the. Uh, you know, Rear Admiral Michael Studman, uh, Director of Intelligence of the United States Indo-Pacific Command in Hawaii, uh, said in July that it's not, it's only a matter of time, not a matter of if, um, about a poss- the possibility of an armed conflict over Taiwan. And, and uh, um, China has been saying, you know, things like, uh, does America want to spill blood over Taiwan? Do we care enough about Taiwan to spill blood over it. And that's what they're kind of counting on. And and what we've done is effectively go, actually, you're the one that would have to spill blood. We just have people there. So if you're if your attack happens, it will be seen as attack an attack on us. So um there is a lot of of State Department gamesmanship going on right now. There's a lot of posturing from and saber rattling from Beijing, but it seems to be uh, getting a genuine counter, which is uh, refreshing, strategic countering, both through the AUKUS agreement and both through um, you know uh, ships close to Taiwan and uh, boots on the ground training Taiwanese military. So um, again, something to watch. We got to take a break. Um, when we come back, um, I mean, we're, there's no end. There's just no end to the stories this week. What um, now? The, well, first of all, the uh, the Ari- the Arizona zombie lie has now has now metastasized and spread to Pennsylvania, yeah, uh, and Wisconsin, and Wisconsin, where of course uh, they will spend a lot of money just to give Joe Biden more votes. We'll be back right after yep. this. I know I'm only on one day a week. I get it. I'm gonna have to jump on. Uh, garage band starts sawing something together. This is the house bar show, brother. Wow, and then a guitar note, and then progressive. Yeah, and all, yeah, it's gonna be good. Hey, how did you mean something like this? This is the house bar like show, brother. Wow, and a guitar note, and then progressive. And all, yeah, it's gonna be good. The Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Yeah, it's going to be good. And we're back. Welcome to the show. It's the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. We're on every Saturday on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk, and of course, live streaming at infotainmentwars.com and, uh, and also at Flank. 
twitch.com, which is twitch.tv slash Sparks. Um, if you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe, and it doesn't cost you a dime. Um, there have been so many great moments in the Arizona audit. Uh, just, I mean, obviously there, there are 261 moments that are my personal favorites. And that's, that's where some nudnik Trump supporter was sitting at a table with a lazy Susan, um, looking for panda poop and, and ballots, um, went, I found another Biden vote that we didn't count that needs to be added to the pile. I also found another duplicate, uh, Trump vote that somebody tried to count twice that has to be scratched off. So it's these moments. Times like these are made for taster's choice. There's just so many taster's choice moments in this. Wow. Yeah. Way back, way back. (laughs) Um, That's like 1979. Oh yeah. I'm literally having flash. I think the woman in those ads was the wicked witch of the West, if I'm not mistaken, or she, she was, Oh, that would be amazing. Just one of those. Yeah. The old lady in it was actually the wicked witch of the West from wizard of Oz. Uh, an Arizona GOP, yes, an Arizona GOP lawmaker lashed out at Ken Bennett, uh, liaison for the state Senate election audit on Thursday after he stated that Joe Biden was the legitimate winner of the 2020 election. Oh, oh, the torment. Oh, the torture. During a House Oversight and Reform Committee, Bennett was asked whether former President Donald Trump was correct, claimed that Biden had, quote, lost in Arizona based on the forensic audit. I would not characterize it that way, Bennett replied. I was asked by the Senate to be the liaison to the Maricopa audit. The Maricopa audit found that the results were very similar to what Maricopa County canvassed in the official results. But the only dissimilarities were the votes that Trump lost that he shouldn't, that shouldn't have counted and the dr- votes that Biden got that should have been. But whatever. Uh, his comments did not sit well. The state Senator Wendy Rogers, who slammed him on Twitter, she said, Ken Bennett does not represent me, my constituents, or the state of Arizona, she wrote on the social media platform. She, he is an unelected individual who was caught leaking information about the audit. His assessment that the audit was never about overturning the election is wrong, which is hilarious because that was one of the things that they were pushing back on. Um, they were always like, this is not about overturning an election. This is just about getting to the truth. If it overturns the election, then obviously money right. will spend. But yeah. but that's not what we were doing. His assessment of the ballot count is wrong. When you have fraudulent ballots, duplicate ballots, and questionable ballots that would that total significantly more than the number of votes needed to win the election, the election was a sham, and the electors need to be recalled. Ken Bennett is the wrong messenger of the Arizona audit results, and I'm sick and tired of rhinos <laughs> telling. Oh God, I love me some rhino on rhino crime. Mm-hmm. Some some gop on rhino crime. That's just it just warms the it warms the the, the, the how does it pronounce cocklas of my heart. Um, mm-hmm. Telling me and my constituents that our voices don't matter. Um, this uh, Rogers has previously called for the mass arrest of Maricopa County election officials. She said, "I would like to know if we have enough solitary confinement cells in Arizona available for the entire Maricopa board." Board of Supervisors and the execs at the Fraud Machine Company. At the Fraud Machine Company. She wrote on Twitter the earlier. Fraud Machine this, Company. The Fraud Machine. You know, the Fraud Machine. You have the fraud, you know what the Fraud Machine is. Um I don't, but you do. Clearly. Um the the amazing thing I uh, you know for me is you you have there is no way 
someone in her position can let this go and still and and not have the uh, the biggest moment of shame in her entire life. Yep. Um it's just not possible. It's it's brutally embarrassing to and to finally admit that you were you would you bought it hook line and sinker. You were in a cult. I, I you know I this must be what it's like when people try to wiggle their way out of a cult. Um, and the people try to drag them back in and curse them to their families and and oh, deny yeah. their they, humanity. They get attacked on the way out. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. Um, and the the one thing about this is that she goes when you have fraudulent ballots, duplicate ballots, and questionable ballots that total significantly more than the number of votes needed to win the election. Um, yeah, you're assuming all those votes, if they exist, which they don't, would go were towards Biden. Biden wasn't the president at the time. Biden ha- didn't have an outsized control over the election system. This is a Republican district, you know, the, with a Republican uh, board of directors or board of supervisors, rather, and a, a Republican state senate. So, and, and again, are all the Republicans that got elected were they fraudulently elected? While you know, Trump was you know that's they, the thing. Yeah, like how fraudulent was this election? Right, exactly. If they got in, so so you're just going to step down because I think that would be if Republicans want to put their money where their mouth is and they really believe this election was fraudulent. I would I would say the only way to prove that they have any integrity whatsoever is to step down. I think you yeah. should resign in protest. Because you clearly got elected under false circumstances. You, if Trump didn't win, you shouldn't have won. This is nonsense. Clearly, there's some shenanigans going on, and you want no part of it, right? In the chat room, Antoinette's like Biden, 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 Biden. That's our impersonation of the of the uh, Antrim County um, uh, recount and the and the Maricopa County recount. Biden, 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 Trump. Yeah, sucks. I didn't sign up for this. This is, um, you know, but this idea somehow that all the fraudulent votes, if they existed, and Mike Lindell has come out this week and said that one of the people that voted was 850 years old and uh, and that there were many people over 200 years years old, which, of course, is just them using the uh, when people enter their voter registration and they don't put in their birth date, then it just. Uh, it zeroes it out. It basically gives them a default date of January 1, 1800 or January 1, 1900 or January 1, 1850. And a lot of the machines do this. And they know this, by the way. They usually cure these ballots. There's another database where they fix that part of it. You're, hey, you're, uh, your date of birth isn't in here. Oh, well, let me fix that, obviously. And that's where they get their, you know, I guess these these people would be the uh, underage folks. Um, so, um, you know, they're just posing. It's a fake idea that makes them look 850, right? Um, and, and now we've got a, you know, on on the dual track, which of course this all led to January 6th and the January 6th commission, um, finally served Dan Scavino yesterday, late last night. So they have served every, uh, all four Mark Meadows, Steve Bannon, um, uh, Dan Scavino and one other I'm blitzing on. And um, now the question is, will they comply with the subpoenas? Um, will they actually pull these people before the committees? And um, my guess is, yeah. 
my guess is they're expecting them to fight it in court, to deny it. Then they give them a chance to deny it again. Many people have talked about the fact that the four that they want to talk to are the ones that would be the most intransigent and don't want to participate in the January 6th commission Mm -hmm. the most. So what they do is they start, instead of waiting till May to start the process on these guys while they get the lower level people to come and testify, they've just gone ahead and subpoenaed these folks so that they can start through this ridiculous process where they obfuscate and stomp their feet and hide and hire lawyers to try and, you know, and keep themselves from having to testify. And then during that time, while you're waiting it out, you're like, well, we've set time aside for these hearings, so let's bring in their assistants. Let's bring in these lower-level White House staffers who are no longer protected by uh, um, executive privilege. We'll get a look at their... We'll spend some time going over their text messages around the date and those kind of things. That's that's pretty much what you can... Uh, my theory and a few others on on how they're going to end up getting the Steve Bannons and the Dan Scavinos and their, their ilk in there. Um... The, I heard Steve Bannon. There's a picture of him wearing one shirt somewhere. Yes, yeah, that was uh, when he was in the White House. There were a couple yeah. of times where he actually went to meetings, and Trump insisted, but not you know not regularly. Most of the time, um, he looks like you know a Columbo on a winter day. Um, the oh my god, my father-in-law. He, I have to tell you this Columbo story. He has a a habit when he worked at the fitness center, he <laughs> would raid the um, the lost and found all the time. You know, stuff that was going to be donated, sure. according to him, your honor. Right. And he, so he's always wearing just like these oversized clothes. The man has money. He, he planned well for his retirement. And he walks around in torn, ripped, oversized clothes for some reason never been held up not a day in his life never been pickpocketed never been held up at gunpoint nobody expects him to have two nickels to rub together exactly and he can't find his pockets because his shorts are too big and the pockets are not where he expects them to be so every time he's trying to put something in his pocket he looks like Columbo going "Uh, hold on one more (laughs) I gotta find a pocket in this somewhere I know nope that's just a fold (laughs) <laughs> yeah. That's and that's where we are with uh him. By the way, um the uh the White House is not, you know, is not allowing Trump to protect himself with uh executive privilege about January 6th, which is gorgeous. We'll talk we have to take a break. We'll talk about that when we come back because uh yeah. Trump is none too pleased and really outdid himself in in putting out probably one of the dumbest statements he've done he's done so far we'll be back right after oh that my. oh yes let me see if i can find the